Hey, Diggs, welcome to Dennis in the Know, your backstage pass to current trends, politics, and education in the dental world. We are dentistry source for honest, relevant information. And with that in mind, this is JB's News on the Go with Dennis in the Know. So introducing to you with all the relevant information, Dr. Jennifer Bell. Jennifer, we didn't get to do news last week, um, and uh, we had a great conversation with Dr. John Coyce, so we didn't get to do news. So do you have anything for us this week before we bring uh, Steve on? Of course I do. Always. I always have things waiting in the wings, you know? I'm not going away. I want to see it live. Okay, perfect. So it's actually really interesting that you talked about Atero tonight because the top leading story of tonight's Dentist in the Know news is that Align officially filed a lawsuit on January 3rd against Smile Direct Club and it went public today. So um, they are alleging, you know, that that Smile Direct Club is um, running campaigns and convincing consumers that their cases are being backed, watched, and overseen by dentists and orthodontists. I do know that that was a recent change for Smile Direct Club. They were looking to partner with local dentists. They would pay them a small fee for, for a capture and you know some type of relationship with the patient, then convert it to a Smile Direct Club case, and then Smile Direct Club would manage it from there. Um, of course, we all know the, the interesting history of the relationship between Align and Smile Direct Club. And, you know, what 10, 15 years has led to is now Align um, is trying to call Smile Direct Club to the carpet and say you can't continue to practice or can't continue to operate this way any longer. So we'll be watching that very intently. It did go into the California uh, court system. So who knows what will come of that, but certainly uh, an interesting recent legal development. Um, that is interesting. I thought so. I thought you might also find it interesting that we are finalists for a doctor by Cuspid Cuspy. I thought you'd find that interesting. <laughs> So, you know, we're new to this process of being in the cuspy pool uh, and we were a semifinalist. Now we're finalists. There's two left in the dental dentist influencers of the year category. Um, Do we have to answer questions like we want world peace? Yes. I think this is the question. And for you, it is the swimsuit portion. Yes. And all the children should be fed. And all we really want at the end of the day is world peace. Every day. I hope that scores. Okay. Um, No, thank you everyone for for that. Yeah. We could not, I mean, obviously we wouldn't even be a finalist if all the support that we had. I had so many people texting me, sending me screenshots of them voting and, you know, participating in the process. Now our fate is in the hands of an expert panel who will make the ultimate decision on whether or not we are the influencers of the year. So rest assured, our faithful followers, there's nothing more you can do to carry us over this threshold. 
we must we must do it on our own work and merit at this point in time. But uh, it's really just an honor to be continue to be included as part right, of this we can't, process. We cannot stuff the ballot box. There is no way. There's no possible way this for us to stuff the ballot box. You want a hanging pad? Yeah. <laughs> there's. Yeah, let's hang I'm sure Chad. You can figure it out. Let's hang Chad anyway. Just for kicks. Just for kicks. Let's hang Chad. That might get us the award. <laughs> that might get us the award because that would be very influential. Yeah, that would be good. Well, great news. Anything else? Um, two more things. Uh, Massachusetts is back in the news again. Of course, we talked about them in late fall of uh, 2022 because of the question two on their ballot. Uh, doing the medical loss ratio issue that they were voting for at that time. They were successful at the ballot. They wasted no time or also had a suit and won against Aspen Dental for some uh, nefarious marketing practices. And so, uh, again, we're seeing Massachusetts taking a pretty firm stance on uh, patient protection and ensuring that patients are receiving the quality and standard of care that they are both paying for and deserve, and also making sure that good quality providers continue to stay in the state and are reimbursed at at a fair rate. So um, it's nice to continue to see that state wanting to uh, protect their providers and their patients accordingly. The last thing I'll mention, and it's mostly because of the individual we have on tonight, uh, HPI, which is the uh, data, the data release that the ADA has been collecting really routinely over the last couple of years. This is probably one of the most interesting statistics I think, Jeff, that you will find that has come out of this data. And it shows since 2005, there's been a pretty strong precipitous decrease in the number of practice owners among, amongst dentists. And it's in all age categories, probably for the first time. So we're seeing a drop in every age. So the real sweet spot when you look at the data for practice ownership is usually between 35 and 50. Most dentists sort of uh, will gravitate towards practice ownership during that time. And even in that sweet spot of both, uh, you know, having some experience Maybe some of the debt management from school has been managed a little bit. You're feeling more confident about your skills. Maybe financially you're in a better position to be able to own. Even that metric is dropping and not as many, we'll say, mid-career dentists are jumping in to own practices. So I think that's a continues to be an interesting trend that we need to stay on top of. What's really scary uh, is that the 30 to 35 uh, or under 35 is less than 10% ownership, which is very different than where it had been. Um, hold on. I'm trying to pull up the exact statistic here. But my wow, that's interesting. Not to cooperate. Anyway, I'll post those statistics for our group. Uh, it, it's pretty, pretty significant, the drop. And, and in those categories where you think that's probably the sweet spot for folks to own, and they're either selling or they're not entering practice ownership altogether. That's that's really an interesting concept because that means that they are either selling to DSOs or mm-hmm. to larger corporates, or they're saying, you know, I'm making a whole lot of money working for a DSO or a corporate, 
And yeah. so there's really no need or maybe even working for another dentist and, and doing so well that that they don't see practice ownership as as being a worthwhile venture. So that's really interesting. Yeah. And I think, too, just in the forums I follow and stuff that uh, there's a couple of things at play. We've got 50 percent female doctor proportions in a lot of those age demographics under probably 40, 45 um, and their ability to own and manage and, and do all the things that, you know, I'm on mommy dentist and business. And, and that's a pretty consistent theme is many of them are owning practices and finding all the challenges, just like I expressed in the opening segment tonight. It is extremely difficult to be a full time working mom practice owner and raising kids and doing all the things that you feel uh, both I feel inclined and responsible to do it. You know, it's a it's both a burden and a blessing simultaneously. So um, I think that that is a uh, statistic that also can't really be ignored is, is how the demographics of dentistry is changing at the same time. And what is that impact on practice ownership as well? Very cool. Is that it? That's all I have for tonight. And that wraps up another podcast for Dentists in the Know. On behalf of Dr. Jennifer Bell, Dr. Chad Duplantis, and myself, remember that we've got a great profession, so let's make it a great day, dinks.